Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues. We're in Hilo, Hawaii on the Big Island. We're going to talk with Ryan Sabate and Scott Sayers about the band called Average Joe's Band. Are you a 30-watt amp guy? Because I've got both a 50 and 100-watt amp, but this 30 from Landry Amps beats everything I've got. The LS30 came to Bill Landry from taking the red channel from his 100-watt LS100G3 and make one channel a lower-wattage EL34-powered amp. After building the prototype, he divided the one channel into two channels with a shared stack as it turns out it worked together really nicely with bright switches separate gain controls master volumes on both channels bam the ls30 from landry amps with all the goodness of the el34 all this and barely weighs 25 pounds the ls30 from landry amps www.landryamps.com my only time in hawaii i went to kona and that's nice. on the Big Island. And you guys are, Hilo is also on the Big Island, right? Yep. Yes. I was about to embarrass <laughs> myself. <laughs> so you guys were spared the fires, correct? Yes. Yeah. Thank God. So let's talk about the average Joe's band, not the one in London, not the one in New York, but the one from Hilo. We're with uh, Ryan <laughs> Sabate and Scott Sayers. Uh, you two have been playing for a while, I guess. You're the sole survivors, the OGs, you said? 2016. Since 2016, he has been along longer than a lot of marriages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. It was longer than my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and Scott, do you, what do you play? Uh, I am the token bass guitarist of the band. Okay. And Ryan? I am the guitar player, and I try to sing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do a good job from the songs that I've listened to. Are you the front uh, lead vocalist on all three of the songs we're listening to today? I'm, yes, I do all the vocals for all of the um every album all of them oh, okay and are these all original songs these are all original yes because i gotta tell you the first song we're gonna hear and i don't want to jump into this just yet but the first song I, that song alive is just so catchy it's so catchy that i thought i heard it before <laughs> you know actually when scott and i um were writing the song i guess i'll let's i'll i'll um sh uh i di diverse to um divert to scott and i'll let him share where the whole concept of the song came from because a lot of scott does like 98 percent of the lyrics for all of the records oh. i usually do i usually track the demos and then send them off to him and he sends me lyrics and i do editing so probably fitting for scott to kind of share where the song came from okay well yeah do you want to do that now or you want to let's get a little background on you guys and we'll talk about sure. the song and then sure. play it so uh sure. did you guys meet on the island have you known each other for a long time yeah, we've known each other for quite a few years, actually. In fact, um, um, you know, we were just in separate bands at the time, and so timing-wise, you know, it nothing really came together until 2016. So we had known, you know, we had known each other prior to that, and we we have the same, uh, you know, musical influences, or or um, you know, we like the same kind of stuff, basically. And we've always wanted to do something together. And just so happened, 2016, and everything kind of lined up. And uh, Ryan just got out of a band. I wasn't playing at the time in any band, and that was the opening. And 
it was basically Ryan, myself, and our original drummer, Dom Jason Silva, and that's how I got started. Uh-huh. Ryan, yeah, and you, I, did you I reach out to Scott? Or? No, actually, I was just going to um, uh, dive in and, and share. Yeah. I yeah. used to run into Scott all the time, and um, he used to uh, help out in a music store, local music store here, which he still helps out today. A uh, different name, but he still helps at that same store. And he and I would just talk um a long time for about our influences and our likes and stuff and and we like he said we both knew we were in different bands and so the, so the timing wasn't right but then when we both kind of got free all of a sudden it the opportunity came and I, this is the guy that i want to play with and go on this next ride with and here we are till today what is your background right ryan like what is your biggest influence or biggest influences me yeah. um it all started with an Aussie concert on MTV in 1984. No kidding. Well, actually, the, my rock roots, but actually, I, I come from a family of 12, and I'm number 10 out of 12. Oh and my. we had everything on the record player from Earth, Wind, and Fire to 70s funk to disco to all of that stuff to the stuff local stuff they play here. But as I was growing up in high school, um, I saw an Aussie concert on TV in 1984, Jake E. Lee slinging a guitar, and that's what changed my life forever. No kidding. But as far yeah. as my influences, primarily 80s, Van Halen, Rad, all, all the typical stuff. But yeah. Scott and I's um, common bond is probably Dream Theater. Really? Okay. Because yeah. when you said when you said Earth, Wind, and Fire, that's who that's that's what I'm trying to place who Alive sounds like. And it clicked. It kind of reminds me of that same vibe you get from Fantasy from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, actually, oh. I, actually, well, that's kind of odd one, but actually where I'm I'm heavily influenced by a singer called Jeff Scott Soto, if you know him. He sings in, he used to sing in, um, he was in Ingve Malmsteen's band. He also sang, he, at one time he was actually in Journey and he does a lot of solo stuff and he sings with a lot of different guys now. And I think my tonality of my voice, I think is kind of like him. So, and I really like that AOR rock, the radio rock kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I kind of, I kind of um, gleaned a lot from that. A lot of the roadmap for a lot of the songs came from his styling and a lot of 80s um, melodic rock stuff. So that's probably where that came from. And how about you, Scott? What was uh, what was your roadmap that got you there? Um, really, um, same like Ryan. I mean, I'm, I'm an '80s kid. Um, uh, you know, going through high school, and basically, it was the first time on MTV I heard Iron Maiden's "Flight of Icarus." No kidding. And it was like, who are these guys? And you know, um, they they had another song out at the time um, from the Peace of Mind album called "The Trooper," and it was like that popped up, and that just totally drove me into wanting to play bass guitar. I mean, I was already in band, you know, in high school band, you know, orchestra yeah. band and stuff like that. And which ironically, I was already playing the tuba. So I guess I was kind of <laughs> influenced by the, you know, by the tonality of that. But it was just something about Steve Harris's playing that really attracted me. And of course, at the time, the other influence was, um, was Getty Lee. Yeah. You know, so... Um, and, and later on, John Mayung became a favorite of mine as well when I first heard them. But of course, you know, n- none of my playing resembles them, but that, yeah. that, those are my three main influences. Yeah, this is really ironic that, uh, I mean, out of all the bands, all the bands that came out of, and great bands out of the 80s and 90s, this is twice in less than a week that Iron Maiden has been referenced as their <laughs> inspiration. I was never an Iron Maiden fan. You know, I got into some of the, the heavier stuff from that era but iron maiden was like in my head like that's where i draw the line you know <laughs> yeah, yeah I, lo- I love maiden too but i love maiden too but i guess my I, I grew up on mtv so maiden wasn't too much on the rotation on mtv uh-huh. but i like um 
yeah, I, I grew up with Maiden too, but not because of MTV and stuff and my influences. I'll listen to them. It's not really my primary. Plus, you know, you can't really play the stuff unless you're really good at doing what you do. So, so you guys got together, said, let's, we don't have a project. Let's get a project going. We're just a couple of average Joes. Let's have a band, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> what, what, it, what happened was we put together this band because people found out we were probably going to do something. Scott, you can correct me if I'm wrong. We actually got gigs before the band was started. You're kidding. <laughs> How cool. <laughs> Not, yeah. And, and, and that so, was largely you know, influenced by Ryan because of Ryan's previous band. So he already had that, that name recognition. Uh-huh. So when when Ryan was coming on, say, hey, we're going to put this project together, um, because they already knew what Ryan had previously, they they were like, hey, you know, can you do this? Can you do this graduation? Can you do this birthday? And yeah. <laughs> so so cool. yeah, that, that was was a fun ride for those. But yeah, yeah. So we we actually had shows planned before we actually put together band. So we had to kind of just put our nose to the grindstone and put something together, uh-huh. and, and it ended up working out. That's cool. Though. We had a, when I was in a band back in St. Louis years ago, we had a residency at two different places. We played the third Saturday at this place, the first Saturday at this place. <laughs> and then when the, the younger boys decided they didn't want to do this anymore, I had to go to these owners and say, Hey, you know, you got nothing. It was, well, you got a gig here. Just uh, bring some bodies in. <laughs> and <like laughs> and you, you talk about Kona, like we're on the Hilo side, but to be honest, a lot we, of our cutting teeth, was yeah. on the corner side because Hilo's kind of a sleepy town, and a really? lot of the action is on yeah, act, a lot of the action's on the west side. And with uh-huh. my previous bands, I was already kind of established on the west side. So when they found out that um, this band was being put together, it wasn't hard for us to get shows on that side. And we yeah. had a nice long run with this band on that side until COVID hit. So what was it, Scott? Maybe four years or something like that. Probably yeah, yeah, about there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Four year run. Right. Yeah, we we're on a four year run over there in a rotation on the west side. So, you know, that was you know, we cut our teeth there and then we do Hilo too, but most of our work was over on the west side. What's it like market saturation wise? Like how often can you be in a place on the island before you've worn out your welcome? You know, at the end of um, the day, it's not it's not San Francisco. It's not New York City. Yeah. It's not Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So there can be a point where there's only so many people on the island and so many people that want to come hear your stuff, right? Or or am I missing that? No, you're leading me into exactly where I, I was going to ask you. Okay, so so I can kind of answer and Scott can kind of fill in as well. Well, what happens is a lot of the venues there have a rotation and they kind of have their set bands. Mm-hmm. And then we were actually in that rotation one time, but in order to stay, and a lot of the bands are not, you know, not throwing shade on anybody, but I am. <laughs> but anyway, a lot a lot of them are content and stuck in doing what they do. Yeah. Um they just do they play what they want to play, not what uh what works. But for us, we're almost 100% a cover band when we play, but we're always trying to evolve and cater to the younger crowd. So and and most of the business on the corner side is tourists. Right. And and a lot of them are young tourists. So even though it's not stuff that Scott and I listen to, we're always um looking for the next what's what's trending on the radio or whatever but if it's something that's not trending we try to make it our own or better yet if it's something that we normally don't listen to we kind of dirty it up and make it our own so it's kind of creative so you got to always be fresh and the way you present your shows um makes a big difference you can't just go there and punch a time clock and play what you want to play you got to kind of play to the crowd and put on basically 
our band, we kind of put on arena shows in a bar. That's kind of what it is. So oh, that's, that's a cool concept. I mean, that's you kind know, that, of, that approach, you know, that's kind of what sets us apart from everybody else. Although we've tapered off playing shows because we're focusing more on recording. But what we would do is actually we would actually show up with video projectors. We'd have fog machines. We have lights in a bar now. Uh-huh. So that's so the visual is um a, a lot. And of course, the material too. A, a, a one of our strengths um, by a lot of the venues and the patrons that go there is the diversity and the strength of our catalog. It's not, we, we kind of cater to everybody, right. we, although we're targeting, targeting more the younger crowd, but we do have stuff for the older crowd as well. To a certain extent, we, we, we won't go, we'll probably do late seventies up. We won't, none of us will, will do, you know, we don't really do sixties or anything older like yeah. that. Cause all of the other bands do. And it's kind of, they all cancel each other out in a, in a way. So you know, and, and we're not, you know, we're not a bunch of pretty boys, but we play our asses off and people know that. So That's when they right. come to a Joe show, as Scott would say, it's it's going to be an experience. You're not going to come to show, to our show just to listen. You're going to come to our show to experience us. We call that lunch bucket bands. You know, you guys yeah. work and you work your song, you work your show, you work from the time you set up till the time you're you're breaking down that last mic stand, you know. Yep. And and you work for the audience. You don't work for each other. You don't work for the check. You work to entertain. And that is so refreshing, you know, yeah. especially if I go, you know, I'm on vacation, man. I'm, I live up in the States and I'm going to go to Hawaii and I want to go see some live music. I don't want somebody else coming out, rolling out their version of Margaritaville. I'm sorry. I just don't want it. You know, <laughs> now you'll, you'll hear us do everything from Harry Styles to Van Halen. So yeah. we, we, got, we got everybody covered. So. Cool. So, Scott, uh, Ryan yielded to you earlier to talk to us about the song Alive. We're going to play that now. So tell us the story about that, if you would. Well, basically, I mean, the song itself, well, really the album itself, in, in, in 2020, as we were recording the album, um, you know, my mom basically passed away um, during the, re- the, the middle of the recording of the album. And um, there's a handful of songs that Ryan wrote as I was going through this that um lyrically really was kind of pointing back toward what i was going through and you know the song alive is basically about um, you know more or less just you know you're alive today and and you know live for today basically um you know i mean you can't control the past um and you know just just be happy for what what you have today you know you, you know for your life today the things you have in your life today and just live it no it's a fairly common message I mean, people do talk about that a lot, and they talk about that a lot in their music. So, is this something that was there something that motivated you to say, "I want to write a song that says that message"? Was it something in your life that happened that pushed you to do that, or did you say, "Yeah, it's a good positive message. I'll just write that"? Uh, well, Alan Ryan wrote the lyrics to that song, actually. So, I mean, and like I said, I think that and a, um, there are about three, two, three or four other songs that lyrically he wrote that. Um, again kind of kind of pointed back to you know towards what i was going through and so I see. Uh-huh. And, and you know because for me during that time i mean and you know there's a period of time where it's like i didn't even want to pick up the bass i had zero in me oh wow. but ryan kept sending me things and i knew we were kind of pushing up on a deadline um not not, not really a hard deadline but you know there you know he wanted to get certain things done by a certain time yeah. So what that did was it, it kind of kept me in the game, you know, because if it wasn't for that, you know, who knows how long it would have been until, you know, until I ever picked up the instrument again. And, you know, but it's like it kept a different focus or it kept me focused on a goal 
of finishing the album and which you know which was which was key in helping me through that time too because um you know to go along with that um i think like the day before the day before uh or uh, the day after we released the album my dad passed away oh my gosh so you know there you know there was an 87 you know so within 87 days i lost my parents but um, right you know but like i say you know there, there's a lot of songs in there that ryan wrote lyrically that really were you know, I, I guess if I were to look at it, we're, we're, you know, it's kind of like a message to me, but also in the in the greater scheme of things, you know, we're all going to go through something, right? And you know, just do what we can to, you know, to live the best that we can and just live for today. Well, it's a it's a strong message, and you guys deliver it well with a really really cool upbeat vibe to it. So we're going to play it now. And this song from the Average Joe's band is called Alive.
Alive with the Average Joe's Band out of Hilo, Hawaii, and the Music of America podcast. Scott and Ryan, listen up, Scott. This one's for you. The Bag. It's a high-quality leather gig bag family of products handmade in the United States with the finest craftsmanship and beautifully sophisticated, very cool overall appearance. They're made of some of the finest quality leather and cushion available and meant to last a lifetime. It's a base gig bag. They have over 30 years in the leather industry, and they're extremely proud to introduce this line of gig bags targeted to both the skilled professional as well as the fun-seeking novice. The hope is that you're going to love their bags as much as you do. It's called The Bag from Tony Vaughn Bass Bags. Tony Vaughn's a bass player up in Boston. Check out his bass bags called The Bag at TonyVaughn.com. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh he's a he's a good dude, man. We uh, we talked a few months ago. He was uh he's a nephew of some old customers of mine. I had a pest control company back in St. Louis, and and she contacted me and she goes, You, you ought to get my nephew on your show. I'm like, I'll I'll have anybody on. <laughs> they got a pulse, I'll put them on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what what uh what do you play primarily? What's your what's your acts of choice? Oh, you talking to a brand of instruments? Yeah, yeah. I'm right right now. I'm primarily a Charvel guy. Yeah, the newer ones. Okay, um, it's the the SoCal um, DK two four two points. But I'm also using the Style two, which is a, a hot the hot rotted telly. Uh-huh. But I also use um, a Tajima telly, which is a Brazilian guitar maker that um, I guess the music store that Scott um, works at they they sell those brands and it's um, I actually tracked the whole. Um, second and part of the third work. Uh, actually, the second and fourth record I tracked with a telly. And then yeah. I also use a Pitbull Explorer. It's out of uh, a guitar company out of Australia. So depending on what I need, but primarily Charvel guy. Uh-huh. And Scott, how about you? Um, as of late, uh, I got a Sadowski Metroline five-string bass from um, Germany. Best uh-huh. sounding bass yeah. ever. Oh no man, it's um, <laughs> yeah. It was like from day one. In, in fact, what happened was um, in our um, uh, our previous um, M, uh, EP uh, off the rails, um, I had ordered a Sadowski out from um, from Roger Sadowski's um, shop, and got it sent in, and um, got the bass, and I had already recorded two tracks from Off the Rails, and I went in, recorded a track with it, and it sounded so good that I recorded the rest of the, the rest of the EP with it, and it's like. It's it's an amazing bass. Just um, it literally checks off all the boxes. I mean, feel, tone, look, um, weight. The weight's amazing. It's under nine pounds, so it's like you know, can't beat that. Yeah, that boy, that bass gets you moist. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta like that. <laughs> we uh we were talking off camera, I guess, or off mic, whatever, during the break about a special relationship that Scott and Ryan have with each other. And it's not that they just are bandmates, but how, how good of friends they are. And Ryan, I think you brought it up, something I've just loved doing, and that's going with other band members or other musicians to go hear other musicians. You know, so what's that like on the island? Well, I don't think, I a few bands or people may do it, but the way I feel is, um, you know, you got to support your local music scene. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I'm and um, I'm a really big advocate of um, live music and keeping live music live. Yeah. Um, so whenever we get a chance, you know, we even if it's a band we don't care for or whatever, 
we want to at least make our presence known and let them know that, hey, your peers are out here supporting you guys. So, you know, it's to me, it's very important because if you see your peers show up to a show, you get kind of fired up. You're like, hey, they're coming here to watch us. So, you know, let's put on a show or whatever. And just yeah. to sh- kind of show solidarity to everybody, you know, to all the other bands and musicians here. That is so cool, man. It's it's so lacking in so many markets. In so many markets, it's cutthroat, you know. And, and well, I, won't, then, I won't say where, but, but there are some. <laughs> I have a small confession to make, too, though, because I always do my homework. And I always it's those uh, going out to other band shows are also scout missions, too, because I always like to go out and see what's working sure. and what's not working. And to say, hey, this band did this really good. Let's try and do something like that, but not totally rip them off or whatever. Or if you see them throw up a clunker, we're like, oh, we're never doing that. You know, so right. it's like, <laughs> But, but no, no, but, that, but basically we go out to go and enjoy the other bands and show support, you know. That really helps. So it helps everybody. That's the thing. That keeps everybody fresh. Because if if you guys came and heard Modern Vintage, my old band, and we got up and we played, uh, we covered Golden Earrings, Radar Love. Okay. Good one. And, good one. And and our bass player, when we first tried teaching him that, that you know, that syncopation, yeah, was, yeah. no, it was yeah. Twilight Zone. It was, Twilight Zone is and his occupation was no 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 there's no swing no swing at all and and if we did that we would be laughed off any stage you know and what ended up happening is we ended up being a band that covered Golden Earring so when other guys come see us they'd come up and say stuff like I've never heard somebody cover that song I haven't heard that song in twenty years or whatever. So it's kind of cool. And that's what you were saying, Ryan, like you kind of help each other. This song is working. So this, this jam kind of works. So we can stay with something that's got that, that's presenting that vibe. But if it tanks, then you stay away from this, you know, and then you all learn from each other because you'll be better. Right. And the average Joe's average Joe's band will be better. So more people will be wanting to come hear you. So those guys who you went and scouted will come hear you and say, yeah, we almost did that. And then the yeah, whole, yeah. it's like they say all ships rise with the tide, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So next song, Not Your Time to Shine. I wrote on here, Lover Boy. Oh, okay. Can you hear that in your head? I, I, like, I, I like can, Turn I Me can Loose, hear. Turn Me Loose, Lover Boy, that kind of era. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I love Lover Boy. Mike Reno's probably top 10 vocalist all time to me. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, no, that's the first, uh, um, now that you're making the reference, I can kind of put it together, but that yeah. one just came from my eighties metal roots. I'm not sure where I, I roadmap that one from, uh-huh. um, this, that album wasn't so much, I'm a big Glenn Hughes fan, by the way, but not while he was in deep purple. Um, so a lot of the, my influences come from Glenn Hughes, but that song was more MTV eighties instead of the Glenn Hughes style stuff. So that, that song is actually off the third record. Uh-huh. And that one was more what you say, Scott. More, more rock metal, yeah. On that one, yeah. We, we, I know we made a conscious effort to go heavier in a heavier direction on that one. So yeah. who the makes that? One, who makes yeah. that decision? Do you both say, "Let's do this," but let's, 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 let's junk it up a little bit. Let's make it a little. Heavier. Nah, not really. We just, we just throw down demos, and if it works, if it fits, we keep it. And you know, we just, I don't sit there and and decide. Oh, I'm going to try and write a, a. a gent track or a metal track or uh-huh. a, a thrash track i just i put on the drum machine and and start doing riffs or, or sit down with my guitar and if something clicks i'll throw it on there you know but if it sounds something too much that doesn't work we'll just shelve it and probably end up on another record somewhere so 
But once we get our first couple, but once we get our first couple demos going, and it, we see it going in a different direction, I'll try to write the rest of the demos in that direction. Yeah, because I think even before we we laid the first track on 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 that album, I think you know Ryan had mentioned that he wanted to try and push into a little heavier, um, heavier sound, and of course me, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> now, now the title kind of is that. Is that autobiographical? Uh, I'm I'm laughing because you you're opening up a can of worms right here with Scott. So here we go. I'll well, let I'll I'll let I'll unleash Scott on this one. Go ahead, Scott. Well, I mean, um, you know, the darkness and the light. It's, it's it's not like um, you know, battle of good and evil. It's kind of more like um. Oh, he's talking about the al he's talking about the al album and not the the song. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. The the title of the the darkness. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I I'm sorry. I thought he was gonna have you um share about the song. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's where we're going. Yeah, not your time yeah. to shine. Sound like almost. Uh, well, I don't know. So let's let's see where this is going. Okay, let's Scott share about that. Scott, you want me to share about the album, and then you can share about the song. Uh, up to you. Go okay, ahead. I'll do the album because uh, because you wrote the lyrics for the song, so I'll let you vent <laughs> on that one. Okay, so anyway, the the album, the darkness and the light, um, comes from the content of the material because for this one, Scott wrote almost all of the lyrics for the record, okay. and. He has some like really dark. Um, basically, Scott was venting on everybody for this record. <laughs> taking shots at people. He's taking shots at people for this record. So there's some really dark content on there. And then when here here comes Ryan writing his songs, all the fluffy stuff, you know. So <laughs> so, so when I when we when I listened back to the record, I was like, hey man, there's some really lighthearted stuff in here, but there's also some really dark stuff on here too. I was like, oh, Scott was really pissed off at somebody on this record. <laughs> but anyway, so that's where the title comes from. Like there's um three because it's the third album and the darkness and the light because there's dark stuff on there and there's yeah. really um light stuff on there too. So that's where it came from. And uh so Scott, let's hear about your your uh your lyricism to not your time to shine. What's the connection <laughs> there? <laughs> Oh boy. So anyway, um, and, and I, don't, I mean, I don't know how it is, um, you know, where you're at or just, you know, in general on the mainland and stuff like that. But, um, like for here and especially in Hilo, um, or especially on Big Island in general, there's this, this tendency of people going to other, um, other bands gigs with the intent of being called up on stage to play a song with them or to sing a song with them. And, um, you know, it, it's 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 almost like they expect to be called up on stage, and you know, uh, I mean, and there's there's a handful of people that do it um, pretty consistently. And uh, at this one at this one show that we were doing, um, uh, we had a guest singer on, and this guy practically came up on stage, and you know, more or less took my bass off of me. Um, you know, and you know, so just I was okay. Well, whatever, let him play, and um, I kind of went off on him. Um, on Facebook, yeah. social media, and um, we have a term called groggle, which which is you know I'm not your time to shine groggle proof, and the word groggle, G R O O G L E, that came from, it's kind of an acronym of of, of people who of like the initials of people who would constantly okay. do this, oh. so we came up with a term, and so you know groggle people that come to a show expecting to be called up on stage, and so anyway the song is overall about this one person that did that. And um, you know, and that's just that's, that's how the whole thing came about. It was it was literally just taking a shot at him, 
for yeah. doing what he did, and but at the same time, um, you know, trying to trying to not be so specific, as specific as it was, but be like um, uh, spread it out to other people who do the same thing. Yeah, so it's it's a subtle way of saying it's not your time to shine. This is our time yeah, to shine. Because exactly. our thing was always, hey, you know what? If you want to get up on stage, put your own band together. Yeah, get your put own a band gig. together. That's do the rehearsals, learn the stuff, sell the gig, set up. Then, don't, you know, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's so that was the whole premise of that song. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. And the word is groggle. I am going to so start using that. <laughs> Actually, it's, gro it's groggle feezy, F-E-E-Z-Y, because there's about five or six guys' initials and one gal initials <laughs> that we we kind of, our old our original drummer kind of coined the phrase. And then we ran with it because it's like every show we would go to, those people would actually show up, sit there like in the front and like they'd have that look on their face like, oh, pick me, pick me, you know, come like, up, come on, to, Ryan, come up, come up. Yeah, expect <laughs> to, or they would come up to you and, oh, hey, man, let me see your set list, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, yeah, th that's and that's another reason why our catalog is the way it is. We play songs that nobody else knows, so they can't play our songs. There you go. <laughs> Well, it's certainly your guys' time to shine. The Average yeah. Joe's band, we're going to listen to the next song called Not Your Time to Shine. Don't you know? 
Not your time to shine. From Hilo, Hawaii, the Average Joe's Band, I'm your host, Tom Pollard of the Music of America podcast. Founded back in 1999, Jazz Generation has three complimentary programs that help promote both live jazz as an art form as well as a performing art and a cultural asset to New York City. These are the Jazz Standard Discovery Program, the Jazz Standard Youth Orchestra, and since 2014, Keyed Up, or KU. It's an anti-poverty program offering services that support professional jazz artists in their performing careers while revitalizing local businesses. And that's the one I really like to talk about, and it's called Keyed Up. It's their most recent program started in 2014. It started by rescuing pianos and keyboards that were destined for dumpsters. So these guys would get these, fix them up, and they'd position them into areas like small bookstores or record stores, coffee shops, known more for hospitality, not so much for their jazz. And they'd ask the venue to chip in what they could to cover the expense of the musician. Then Jazz Discovery Program, the Keyed Up Program, would kick in the rest of the compensation. So you're getting these kids that have not been exposed to jazz, getting exposed to jazz, giving a chance to play jazz, and getting paid for it. It's really a really cool concept. It's the Discovery or the Jazz Discovery Program in New York City. We ask anybody and everybody, please check them out. Jazz Generation. Give till it hurts. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> yes. We're with Scott Sears and Ryan Sabate from the Average Joe's Band in Hilo, Hawaii. And before we get into your last song, let's talk about the band members that aren't here. I've got Lee Cooper's name written down. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And is and yeah. there's yeah. one other one other person. Is that right? Oh, I'm Kevin mm-hmm. Sabate. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kevin. So I I'm guessing he's related. Kevin's my son. <laughs> oh, he's your son? Yeah. Oh no kidding. How cool is he's, that? He, he's actually our secret weapon. So but actually both my sons, well, Kevin isn't really a musician. My other son, Kyle, is and you should probably have him on your podcast one day. Kev, uh, Lee is actually on his second tenure with the band. Uh-huh. He was our second drummer after our original drummer, Jason Silva, had to leave to get his master's degree in um, physical therapy. So he had to leave the band. Uh-huh. So we had Lee Cooper come aboard, and then he left right when COVID hit. So then we had another drummer named Chris Randall after him. Then after Chris Randall departed, uh, Lee decided to come back, and it's been um, good ever since. And then with Kevin, Kevin is actually our road crew and security guy. Um, So he's my son and he's, uh, he actually has a small disability, Asperger's syndrome. So Uh when I would be driving him to work, um, I'd be learning the songs in my car and he'd actually be singing them. So I said, why don't you just sing the songs that you're singing right now? So we brought him up on stage and it ended up turning into a huge thing. And that, that kid actually has a lot more followers on his own than the band itself. No he does a lot, yeah, he does a lot of the promo, like handing out cards at the shows. He does our um, videos and photos. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be able to do what we, we do because he's a big help. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we always joke that, um, you know, he gets more chicks than the rest of the band does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people just love him. If you look at him, he's a big, giant teddy bear, and everybody loves him. So it kind of benefits the band because he has his following that comes in, watches us and stuff. So it's it's a win-win. That's great. Does he play regularly with you guys or just every once in a while say, hey, Dad? Yeah, he's, he, no, he's actually worked into the set list because a lot of the okay. newer songs that the two days hits, he sings. Oh, okay. 
So you, yeah. because you know, we talked a lot about like the eighties, nineties influence on your music, but you've also mentioned that you're versatile and you, you know, because it's a young crowd, especially on the Kona side of the Island, you have to learn. So what are some of the challenges you guys, cause you're, you're still younger than me. Okay. But not that much. <laughs> Maybe not that much. <laughs> but we grew up in an era of the music of the 70s, the 80s, 90s is so different than the music that's put out today. So how do you overcome maybe what seems to be lacking in today's music? Am, am, am I saying that the right way? Yeah, yeah. I'll go first and Scott can answer. Yeah. Um, we make it our own. Uh, we make it our own. So what happens is, like, for instance, we do a cover by Ed Sheeran called mm -hmm. Shiver. When yep. I went on and when we heard, I was like, we can't do it like that. So I go on YouTube and look up the rock cover and do it that way. Oh, no kidding. How fun. Yeah. So a lot of our, our top 40 stuff that's current, we end up doing like a dirtier version of it, but that's not cool. straight too not straight too far from the original. But of course, because we're only a three piece, we don't have keyboards. So we got to kind of make it our own. Yeah. That's a great phrase, too. I don't know if you ever watched the show live at Daryl's house. Oh, I love mm -hmm. that show. You know, one and of my favorites. Uh, yeah. And when uh, uh, Dennis DeYoung, or Tom, was it Dennis DeYoung, I think, from Sticks was on? I think it might have been Tommy Shaw. It was Tommy Shaw. You're right. It yeah. was Tommy Shaw. I knew it was one of them. So he's on with Tommy Shaw, and he's like, well, how do you want to do this? How do you want to do this? And that's what Daryl kept saying. He says, you just make it your own. You just make it your own. I'm like, that's so cool. That's yeah, how see, so many bands have taken a song and turned it into a super song. CeeLo Green's, Green's version of I Can't Go For That was one of the best ever. Fabulous fabulous uh my favorite is um with Smokey was on oh yeah and they yeah, did yeah. they did uh sarah's smile and segued into ooh baby baby oh wow had you seen that sarah smile sarah smiles in our catalog as well is it really yes but it's the richie cotton version oh no kidding okay why because i'm a huge scott and our giant fans of richie cotton okay and a lot of and a lot of our covers are because he did them so, i see you know yeah. Okay. No, and, and it it just gives us that flavor that we're looking for. You know, when when you know when we can when we can hear more of a rock version of a song that we've heard. Yeah. That we can identify with. You know, and, and it it, it kind of gives us that um that quote unquote roadmap again that we can, you know we can use this sound for this. Song. Uh -huh. It's interesting, and I cite the show Sons of Anarchy a lot because that show took harder songs and softened them up to give them a different <laughs> flavor you know and you're doing and the, the exact opposite yeah right and the reason for that is because we're we always coined this phrase that we're different by design and we're yeah. doing a lot of stuff we can pull off a lot of stuff that nobody else can with songs that nobody would expect us to play you know so we we do a version of um harry styles watermelon sugar it's a poppy bubblegum song but uh -huh. we blues it up we're not really blues we rock it out you know we make it our own and the, the audience are like, wow, that's a pretty cool version of that song. And, you know, you just own it. We I basically we own the songs that we're not supposed to be playing. And that's kind of what sets us apart from everybody else. There's a punk band from the island, from Kona, I think, that is on. Oh, El show. Sancho. El Sancho. No, no. no uh, Cause of Affliction, I think they're called. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, they're, they're, they're newbies. They've been around, but I mean, they don't really gig much. But a good band, though. They, yeah, they do more recording more than anything, I think, is what they were saying. But they oh. do that too. They take uh they take a song that's that and that and they, they punk it up. Oh, here's a perfect example of that. You remember Rick Astley from the eighties? 
No. <laughs> he does that song, um, I'm Never Gonna Give You Up. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, never Gonna Give okay. You Up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so our drummer pulls up this video of the Foo Fighters doing it. Oh, wow. And I'm like, we're. And like we're adding this to our catalog, and we can't stop playing that song because it's so fun <laughs> to play. So if you get a chance to 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 go look up the Foo Fighters version of that, we, as soon as we heard it, we're like we're adding this to our catalog, and it's so so fun to play. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, of it's course funny they, too because if, if you listen to the video uh, of, of them doing it, um, uh, what, Hawkins, what was his first name? Taylor. No, uh, Taylor, yeah, Taylor, Taylor Hawkins. He does the intro to. Um, uh, smells like teen spirit. Smells like teen spirit. Yeah. Oh, that. <laughs> and, and, and he plays the drums that way, but it's singing. Uh, oh, you know, funny. So that's how. And then, and Rick Astley actually sings a song with them live. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I gotta see this. And it's a so that's fighters. where we get a lot of our material from because a lot of the people here, they don't. They're kind of stuck in their box, but we're always like looking on youtube and like yeah. hey, we heard this song we look on is there a rock version of it let's pull it off this way or whatever so we're yeah we basically own the covers that's where it comes from so the last song here is different from the other songs in that and i wrote the big <laughs> big four letters i wrote funk <laughs> yeah. circus of fun which should be circus of funk it's such a fun <laughs> song you can't not listen you can't listen to that song and say and stay seated you just can't that one was fun <laughs> If you can, then yeah. you've had too much to drink and they ought to throw your ass out, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, who wrote it? Who wrote the, who wrote the, I guess the, where do you I, want to start? I think, the, I think the lyrics were, um, kind of both Ryan and I was a, was a team, was a team thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause basically it's funny because the second verse of that song, you know, uh, um, you know, there is a man who thinks he's king, you know, tries to play the part, but he doesn't, he can't sing. I had actually written that. For another song, but what happened was um, Ryan was writing the lyrics, and he saw that particular lyric and felt that it fit better in what became Circus of Fun, and that's how that transpired. Oh no, kidding! That's and so clever. The, and, and in the beginning of the song, where you have that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Yeah, I wrote that out for Kevin to do. Oh really? Yeah, and and Kevin is the ringmaster, right? Because he's he's. He's the head, right? He's the uh, he's the uh, the thread that brings you guys all together, right? The promo guy, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh, well, I love Scott, it. You want you want to share about what that verse is about? I mean that that one part in the song. Yeah, yeah it's it kind of you, you kind of opened up a can of worms there on that one. Yeah, we don't care. <laughs> We're the black sheep over here anyway. But whatever. Well, well, that was about um, uh, one of the, um, the 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 bookers at the or the booker at one of the. Um, um, the places that we used to, venues we used to play at, where coming out of COVID, because like you know, like, um, like Ryan said, we were in rotation at, at a particular venue, so once a month we'd be there. And coming out of COVID, as things opened up, um, you know, we were um, we were left out of the rotation, and you know, which is fine, whatever. You know, what I mean, you know, it's like not like we need to play there, but the reason given to Ryan was. Um, you know, he had all the Kona bands, and he told Ryan, "Well, I can't put you in the rotation because I don't want to alienate my friends." Oh, <laughs> so you know, so it it didn't matter that we could draw there; it was more of he couldn't lose friends by kicking them out of a rotation. Right, and we packed that place every time we played. We pla we packed that place, but he didn't want to piss off his friends. So right, such is life. Yeah. Well, and the th I, the thing about it is the bands that he booked are all the same type of bands, all classic rock bands. 
And he books himself every Friday. He books oh. his own band <laughs> every Friday. And his band, you know, not throwing shade, but throwing shade is not that great. I mean, if it wasn't <laughs> if it wasn't for the bass player in that band, that band would just wouldn't even get gigs anywhere unless unless they were booking themselves like he does, you know. Yeah. So Well, you guys so, just keep doing what you do and that Yeah. That's that's how you position yourself. You don't worry about I mean it, it gets so petty when people do that kind of stuff. And there are clicks in every market, I think, you know, and every <laughs> yeah. everyone wants to play this place or that place, and you gotta jump through these hoops to be able to get there. And I just don't need it, you know? Yeah. And then I guess the, the title of the song Turkish of Fun comes from I guess we were when we play, uh, one of our um, fans or followers that used to come to our shows and goes, man, your guys' show is like a big circus of fun. And it is because it's a big circus when we play. It's crazy. You'll never <laughs> know what you get. They go, oh, you guys, your guys' show is like a big circus of fun. So we ran with that. That's great. That's and a then, great title. And it's a yeah. great. So let's and, just play. And, the, and the, uh, where the, the roadmap for that song came from is I'm yeah. a giant, 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 extreme and Nuno Betancourt fan. So if you listen to the song Get the Funk Out, yeah. That's where it came from. Really? Yeah. Love inspiration. Love to hear where it comes from. Yeah. And so but nobody nobody's ever written something like that here, that's for sure. But we're <laughs> gonna hear it now. We're gonna hear yeah. somebody that did. And this is the Average Joe's band. And this song is called Circus of Fun. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, the Circus of Fun and Play That Disco Productions proudly present to you the most interactive music experience you have ever seen. So punch your tickets and jump on the Joe Trade. It's an all-night ride and we promise you, you won't be disappointed. Change this place, kicking ass and taking names. We're gonna make a change. 
tapping your foot and you were listening to circus of fun because that's such a great song from hilo hawaii the average joe's band and uh we've been with scott sayers and ryan sabate and ryan before we say goodbye this is the section where we call shameless self-promotion tell us where we can see you tell us where we can buy your music tell us where we can get your merch okay so i'll go with the shows and i'll let scott tell tell everybody where you can okay. find our music and what we got coming on okay so september 26 i think we're at this venue called holly Eno. it's a little sports bar here in hilo and then on october 20th we're at the um, punakai shopping center for their friday night pauhana which is basically after work drinking session there and then other <laughs> than that we don't really have anything going on we're we're kind of tapering off of shows because we're kind of trying to finish our um fifth record right now yeah, you mentioned that. So when when should we see that? If things go at the pace they're going, when will that record be out? We're actually way way ahead of the game on that one. So we don't we have until like end of the year next year to uh, oh, release wow. it. Okay. So we're really taking our time. We just actually dropped um one of our albums on July first, I think it was. It's called Drop the D, and then yeah, that's pretty much it. But no, we're, we're in no hurry to finish the fifth one because we got other stuff going on and we need right. a break. So, you know, and I already have um 12 of the demos written and then Scott has a bunch of lyrics. So we're in really good shape for that one. So probably end of the year next year. That's so cool. So cool that you're already ready and you don't have to have it done until next year. Yeah. So just small stuff like leads and um some keyboard parts. And then Scott usually just filters in lyrics when he's when he gets them. And then I usually edit and then lay down vocals when it can. So it's a pretty easy process for us. We don't, we do everything from home. We don't do yeah. everything in a studio, so we can actually in record our in our underwear and send stuff <laughs> back and forth, you know? So that's an image we don't need here, gentlemen. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so and Scott, that's why, I'm, that's why I'm not on the video. So there we go. <laughs> Scott, how do we, how do we help you monetize the average Joe's band brand? Well, we're on, um, as, as far as streaming, we are on, um, uh, what is that, YouTube Music, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora. Um, I, I believe we have, um, um, what do you call that, uh, purchase features, right, uh, Ryan, on those on those websites, right? What's that? Sorry? We, we, have, we have purchase um, features, right, on, on those on those streaming yeah. services. Yeah, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah. But so, yeah, you probably you made, like, there, the four records, then, you probably uh, made three cents. <laughs> which is all how, do you, how do you split that up? <laughs> right, uh, very carefully. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, locally we have CDs available and things like that. I mean, that may be something that we may, um, you know, kind of uh, retroly release, um, you know, out in the public, um, in, yep. in, in the bigger scheme of things. So, but if you want to check it out, yeah, definitely go into streaming services: Apple Music, iTunes. Um, well, not iTunes, but um, YouTube Music, Spotify, Pandora. Go ahead and check it out. And um, you have a website. Find, give us a purchase. Do you have a website? Uh, Facebook, Average Joe's Band 3.0. Okay. And I believe it's the same on Instagram. Yeah. Gotcha. Average Joe's Band Hilo. <laughs> so we've been with Scott Sayers and Ryan Sabate, the Average Joe's. And up next, we're going to wrap up our visit in Hawaii with Matt Kahula, bass player for Grammy nominee Henry Capano. You won't want to miss that. It's coming up next on The Music of America.
You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.